This is realestateinvestingmastery.com. Oh, yeah. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Investing Mastery. We're glad you're here. How do we know you're here? How do we know you're listening? Well, we have our ways. We right, see you. <laughs> <laughs> we have our ways. But we're glad you're here. We love doing this podcast. I, I have so much fun doing this. I'm really looking forward to our interview today with David. David from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And um, But first, Alex, how are things going on your side of the world over there? Going pretty good. Going pretty good. I had something weird happen to me, if you can believe that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I, as a lot of you guys know, I do a lot of marketing with um, click to mail. Yeah. And uh, I send out a lot of marketing pieces every month. So um, uh, this is the first that this happened to me. I, I, set, I set the marketing to go out uh, to absentee owners um, the beginning of August. And yesterday... I started getting calls, and I—I I mean, I thought maybe it was just a bomb mailer or something that just went bad. But wow. I'm starting to get calls from, I guess, a portion of that mailer that never hit, and it's—you know—it's kind of nice when you have calls coming in that you didn't expect, and one of them uh, may turn out to be a deal, so that's even better. I think the house is probably worth like two ten. The guy's asking one thirty over the phone, so I'm going to actually go out there, work my magic on him, smooth him over, make him feel good, and. You know, maybe try to get it for like uh, one fifteen, one twenty, and uh, I could either wholesale it for a smaller amount. But uh, if you know, it, maybe if it's one of those where it just needs a little bit of work, I'll just do a little bit of work, pop it on the MLS, and uh, make some money and move on. So right on that. That you know, that was just weird with click to mail doing that, but uh, it was it was a pleasant surprise because I was like, what what happened to this mailer? I mean, usually a high response area. <laughs> And just completely nothing, you know. It's like, you know, the post office has been in the news lately, and uh, what for bankruptcy? Yeah, I mean, what's going to happen if they shut down? I don't think that would happen, but no, it can't happen. But you know, I guess the government can bail them out, like they just bail everybody out, you know. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> just think what that would do to our business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm a, I spend a lot of money with the government, uh, you know, on on direct mail. I'm. I'm one of their best customers. <laughs> well, I, I wonder, you know, what percent of the U.S. Postal Service's business comes from marketers? And, um, you know, I bet there's a lot of people out there who would love to shut all of us down, would love to shut the grocery stores down and the local restaurants and um, anybody who uses direct mail with the coupons and stuff just because they want to get rid of junk mail. But you know what? I mean, one thing, uh, you can't really target absentee homeowners, but uh, you could do like post-it notes, uh, yeah. mass delivery to neighborhoods, and that that you know can work well, and it's cheaper than direct mail, too, because the post-it notes you can get done for like a penny, and then you can pay somebody like 10 or 12 cents per post-it note. I've done that before. My response rate was about as good as what I get with postcards. But yeah, Was it really? Yeah, it was, wow. about, it was cheaper. Yeah. I got some angry calls from realtors though, so you got to be real careful. You tell your guys, oh, don't put the post-it <laughs> notes on uh, s houses with signs in the yard. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. You gotta, you gotta watch out for that. But, but anyway, so hey, listen, everybody, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com. 
We have a bunch of free bonuses on there. I'm telling you guys, these are really, really valuable bonuses. Um, they are a bunch of videos that we created, Alex and I, about how we do our business, how we do our marketing. Um, we even show you um, how we do our postcards and click-to-mail, how we hire and train our virtual assistants, how we do our marketing, and why marketing is so important, and how to wholesale a deal from beginning to end. I mean, we give you a crash course in wholesaling, and I also give you a crash course in how I wholesale lease options, and it's something that Alex and I do every day in our business, um, and we... we Love it. We give away the farm. Give away the farm. <laughs> right. And there's only Six one. Six hours of content. Oh, yeah. Go get it. Yeah, it's really, really good. And it's no fluff in it. We're not selling anything in it. It's just really good stuff. And it's only available in one place at our website. And, Realestateinvestingmastery.com. Uh, we're doing really good. We love, we love this podcast. We're getting great feedback. I'm getting emails every day from people saying, hey, I found you on your podcast, and I like what you guys are doing, and it's really awesome. Um, so if you like what we're doing, please leave a um, please leave a review in iTunes. Uh, we when you can leave us uh, some stars and a good review, it helps in our rankings. Right now we're number one in the new and noteworthy in the business section of iTunes and the podcast. But you don't have to uh, be in iTunes to listen to these. We're getting a lot of people listening to us, Sean. I mean Alex from um, Korea and China and Japan. It's amazing all over the world. People are listening to. Um, listening to us so thank you all three of you who are listening to us now we're getting like i don't know alex we're averaging about seven eight hundred downloads a day of this podcast which is awesome and um that is very awesome we really really like this so anyway we have a gentleman david david with us from chattanooga tennessee and uh we found david on uh, alex's facebook Page. So if you guys haven't seen or heard of that yet, go to Wholesaling Houses Full-Time inside of Facebook. It's a group, Wholesaling Houses Full-Time. Uh, Alex runs that group, and uh, it's very active. A lot of people are asking good questions on there and, and giving advice. It's just a great community. And David is one of those guys on this group that uh, I sent him an email and said, hey, we'd love to interview you because he's doing a lot of deals and um, making it happen in, in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's not a huge metropolitan area, um, but he's making a very good living um, flipping houses. And uh, David, how are you doing, sir? I'm, I'm doing really great. And uh, Joe, I'd like to second that out. That's a, that's a great group. I'll tell you, there's, there's just a ton of fantastic information being traded back and forth there. And you know, even for guys like me that are really active there, certainly things that I don't do, and, you know, I'm not a, a direct mail maven like, like some of you guys, so, so there's a lot of good stuff for, for everybody to learn, so I really appreciate it, and I stumbled upon it, and it's, uh, it's probably the thing on Facebook that I do more than even chatting on my own wall, so it's really good stuff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I spend more time on that page than I do um, my own wall, too. Yep, yeah, same, same here. So, well, guys, I, I really appreciate you having me on. This isn't something I do a whole lot of. I'm, I'm a full-time wholesaler. This is and this is what we do. I, I run a business here in Chattanooga. Yeah. Uh, I have two partners, my wife and uh, and my brother. So we, we sort of split up split up the, the responsibilities, and that's how we're, we're able to do a lot of deals. But, uh, uh, yeah, we've, we've been here in Chattanooga for a little over two years, uh, originally from the Orlando market where oh, we're Orlando, primarily... Florida. Orlando. Yep, yep, where we were uh, primarily rehabbers. We would, we would buy cheap, fix them up, and, and resell them. And uh, we made the move to sell off everything or almost everything we had and 
in Florida, and we, we relocated up here to Chattanooga in June of, I guess, 2009. So, David, rewind a little bit back to um, what were you doing before you got involved with rehabbing in Orlando? What were you doing before real estate? I was in, in uh, uh, retail management. Um, okay. I actually went, I went to University of Massachusetts, have a degree in criminal justice, and which has been with a great degree, and the only time I guess I could even say that I use that now is dealing with tenants, but uh, yeah. um, degree, <laughs> degree in criminal justice, uh, ended up as a retail store manager, uh, I actually worked my way through college doing that, and by the time I was done with college, I was making more money doing that than than I could have with my degree, so I stayed with that. Um, relocated to, I was originally from Boston, of course, um, moved to Florida back in 1993 and went to work for a um, home improvement chain called Scottish Hardware. They're out of business now, but started working with them, got uh, you know, got involved with contractors and seeing what they were doing, uh, got really exposed to the, the rehabbing and the building side of this business. Um that combined with, with growing up, my dad was a house, you know, he was always doing additions and fixing up our own properties. And so was really involved in that nonsense growing up. And, and I tell you, I hated it. I hated it more than, more than anything there was. Uh, I always used to say when I was 14, 15, God, I just hate this. I'm, when I grow up, I'm just going to have a condo and no grass to cut, no houses to fix, and none of this. And it's kind of amazing. People say you, you end up like your parents and I guess that's true, but uh, so we <laughs> worked in the you know the building materials industry. I uh, was a salesman for a little bit, selling you know building materials, uh, just you know the contractors and uh, and builders that type of stuff. Back during the mid two thousands, that was a great business to be in. Florida was just booming, uh, you know things were just off the charts. So, um, got married back into my wife will kill me for messing this up, but. Uh, Get it right. Get it right. I got. I got to do the numbers in my head, but it's been about ten years. So, but anyways, we were renting a renting a, a nice little apartment in uh, Apopka, Florida. Decided to, or I'm sorry, in Leesburg, and we decided to buy a house over in Apopka. Had no idea we were buying an REO. Um, but bought this little three bedroom, two bath house for ninety seven thousand. Again, because I come from that fix it up kind of kind of family. We, uh, you know, tore out the carpets, put in some laminate wood floor, updated some moldings, you know, paint, normal stuff like that, landscaping, turned around and resold it for almost 150000 I said, wow, this is pretty neat stuff. I kind of like this. This is, this is really good. Well, <laughs> David, this David, this was in yeah. Orlando, right? This was in Orlando, right. Okay. right. So, and you were still working a full-time job? Yeah. Yeah, I was still working a full-time job, and I would come home and work nights and weekends and uh, and we we banged it out in about a year. You know, it wasn't wasn't something I knew we were going to do as a as a career down the road. But uh, so made a bunch of money on that. Went out and bought a bigger house. And in truth, guys, a house I probably never should have bought. It was two hundred thousand dollars. It was outside our price range, but we went out and and got a, an interest only loan, which was fine if you understand what you're doing. But we knew that we were going to fix up the house. It was a a good house in a great neighborhood, and. Uh, did the same thing, put about twenty thousand into it and sold it for three hundred thousand. I said, Wow. I need to I need to kind of figure this out a little bit. I need to sort of figure out what, what I'm doing here and how, how how we can repeat this. And I tell I tell the story a lot to investors and it's it seems like, you know, half of everybody I talk to it's the same story. So I'm in the Orlando airport, I'm looking for a book because I'm a big reader, and I'm moseying through there and I pick up this 
this little book. I think it was a red book at the time. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm like, wow, this is this is neat stuff. I sat there, and while we were waiting for somebody to get off a plane, I read probably the first 30, 40 pages of it. Bought that, took it home, read it, and just was just amazed with the uh, with the story and the ideas that were there. Um, you know, one of the things that Kiyosaki says is go out and find like a, other investors, and uh, I just did some internet Google searching and, and found the the uh, the local real estate group in in Orlando, which is uh, you know one of the biggest in the country. Started going there and just learning more about real estate, and uh, I was off and running. What time, around what time, what year was this too, by the way? I'm trying to see how uh, it That falls. would have been in uh, 05 or 06. So real close to the height of the market, huh? Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, I tell you, it, and, and I'll give out their website. They're, they're a great organization, nonprofit down there. It's CFRI.net. Uh, a lot of good friends that I still have down there. But <clears throat> I tell you guys, I, I, was, I was really nervous about going to this. I thought, wow, there's, there's going to be all these people that, they know so much, and you know I don't know anything. I, I was really intimidated, so uh, I went to the uh, I went to their first meeting, and I remember pulling into this parking lot, and there were like 500 cars. It was it was huge. It was enormous. Every car was either a realtor or a we buy houses or appraisers or just a gazillion people there. It was, it was it was one of those moments where you're sitting in your car and you're like, okay, I can do this. I can. I can go into this house. I can do it. Or into the into the uh, auditorium. I can do it. I can do it. I had to force myself to go in. And man, I'll tell you, that was just one of the best decisions I ever made was was going to that RIA. Um, they just have a really a great program down there. And, and over the course of a couple of years, I learned so much. I, I, it, it just amazed me that I went to a place and, and people were so willing to help other people. Hmm. There was no you know competition. It wasn't, a, wasn't this cutthroat attitude that I, I guess I was expecting it to be. And uh I tell you, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for them, I, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I have certainly you, try to. Have you found a good RIA in uh, Chattanooga? I tell you, there was not one. Uh, there were a couple. Well, there were three little groups that met. Um, one guy had a group, and he was a, a full profit RIA, so it was a little bit sketchy. Um, and the other two groups we got involved with, and they actually merged and became uh, the Chattanooga Greater Chattanooga RIA, and. Uh, so I'm on the board of directors for them. And it's a small group. We're growing. We, we have 40 or 50 members every month. And uh, you know, we're, we're trying to give back a little bit like, like people did to us way back in the day. Yeah, it's really important to, if you're new investing, uh, to be actively involved with your local real estate uh, group. Alex, what about you? Do you go to your RIAs? Have, did you get started going to one? Actually, I do not go to my RIA group. <laughs> okay. But when you got started, did you go to one? You know, I actually really didn't go to a Rio, my Rio group. Um, uh, I guess, I mean, it, it's a really good place to go to uh, hang out with people who have like mind, like interest, and all that good stuff. Um, but no, I I never really went to the Rio group. I mean, I think I've been to my Rio group like maybe three times total. Maybe because I was busy, like when I first got into the business, I was really busy with um, my other uh, venture I was doing with uh, home security systems and things like that. So uh, it was very demanding to have like um, people calling you, you know, because I, I had developed a sales team and, and I guess that made me the sales manager or whatever. So, yeah. you know, I had all these people calling me at all hours of the day, so I never had a chance to go to the RIA, but... Um, 
one 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 of the things that people say, right, is you got to increase your net worth by uh, increasing your network or making or having the right network, right? Yeah. So, you know, if 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 your RIA has people that um, are looking to get into the business, and uh, you know, and you guys can encourage each other, and it can be a good accountability, then it it works out really, really well. So, you know, I do always encourage people to go. So, I guess it's one of those things where you do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> <laughs> and by yeah, the way, guys. I'm sorry, David, just a second. I was going to say, if you can hear Alex's kids in the background. Yeah, I'm um, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, totally cool. But uh, Alex is watching his kids. His wife had a, 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 a something she had to go to today. So um, Alex is a family man, which is uh, awesome. Yeah. Okay, anyway, um, David, David, you still there? I am. I'm here. All right, we're getting a little. Can you hear me? Yeah, getting a little feedback, I think, from Alex. But anyway, uh, David, t- um, so you're actively involved in this RIA group. I you can't overstate the importance of that, how important it is to get involved in your local RIA, especially if you're just getting started, because it's a great place to ask the um, questions you may think are stupid, you know. Um, but they're, yeah, absolutely. They're really not, but um, that's awesome to hear. So you're actively involved with your local Chattanooga real estate group. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, in fact, my wife is the, the program's you know, manager, she's the person that, that brings in different speakers every month and sets that up. And uh, I think we have Scott Myers coming in this month to talk about uh, storage stuff. But, Great. but yeah, two things you know that I got got out of the Rio was one, just a, a lot of information and, and people willing to share. And I know some people complain, oh, I go to my Rio and every month they bring in and you know somebody who pitches something. Well, you know, there's a lot of great information to get from that. And, and I like to go to those things. I get I get inspired and I look around the room and I see yeah. people doing deals. And I'm like, God darn it! Why? Why is it? Why is that person doing? You know these these deals or did three deals last week and now they two. So you know I, I like to see who's who's doing stuff in my market. And it fires me up, and I get mad that you know somebody else has found a way to do more deals than me. And and, and not that you know malicious against competition. Motivates <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I, I really I, I I enjoy that. So um, I think that's a good motivator to to see that uh, you know other people. Way back in the beginning, I guess that that was important for me to to one see that this thing real, this real estate, this this scam, like people say, or you know, everybody's a naysayer. But boy, people are actually out doing this. Yeah. And two, I, you know, not to sound bad, but I I looked up on the stage and these people that were talking. I'm like, boy, if they're doing it, I know I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, well, you know, very, I, I mean, uh, the RIA and everything is. Um, it's kind of like I said, you know, when I developed a sales team and and managed and coached them along the way, um, you kind of need that when you're in a real estate investing business too. You need to have people around you, um, almost as a, this is a job and we're working it together. Although I hate that word job, but you know we're 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 working together in this. Um, and even though we're in, we may be in the same sales office you know you if we're talking cars we're talking alarm systems or whatever you know and you look at that person and say oh i hate you you just sold that car and i almost had that customer or something like that you know you you could be it, it motivates you to go out and do more but yo know, even though you're like you know i hate that person you really like them anyway and sure. you're just you know you're <laughs> it's just a good com- camaraderie to have um 
you know, in a reel like that. So anytime you can develop a coaching uh, or a basis where everybody is together under the same mindset, working towards the same goals, that's, you know, that's, that's just perfect. And that's one thing why I love my, my wholesaling group on Facebook. Um, the wholesaling house is full time is because it's more on a national level. So, you know, I don't have to worry about And I know there are local people in my group. Hi, local people. I love you. Um, you know, that are listening to my secrets and things like that. But, uh, you know, you you know, you, um, for the most part, it's not all my local people where everybody is going to do something, you know, it's not like we're all going to mail, we're all going to mail this certain particular person or, or a group of people. And the next week, this person's going to have 15 mailers and, you know, I'm shooting myself in the foot type of thing. Right. (laughs) You know, but but more on a national level. But in the RIA, you know, you do have that camaraderie that that goes along with that, and that you know that goes a long way to keep you motivated and, and drive you forward, like you were saying. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so David, you're you're still in Florida. Um, okay. You you saw the height of the market in Florida, which was pretty spectacular. Um, yeah, so yeah. what happened then? Well, I t- because of the business that I was involved in, uh, selling building materials and dealing with uh, a lot of builders, that gave us a little bit of insight. The uh, track builders, national, national builders, do a ton of market research, and they were really we were able with them. And you know, I worked for a national building materials company at the time, but they were able to project that hey, you know, things are about to, things are there's going to be problems, and we started to see it a little bit before probably the real estate investor community did, and. For the most part, we we pulled back. We did have one house where we we got on the merry-go-round one too many times, but, uh, but you know that that happened. But we saw that the market was 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 falling off, and uh, you know our, our obviously our our strategy of going out and you know, we were buying houses subject to we were we were buying houses uh, primarily then from wholesalers, fixing them up and reselling them. We we just weren't able to do that. The market was just was falling so fast. Um, I'll tell you that the last house that we bought, we bought in, oh gosh, August of 08, I think it was. Uh, bought it with, uh, we were able to pull a mortgage on it at the time. We bought it for 97000 It was combing out solid at two oh five, And uh, so we knew we were getting ready to relocate anyways to Chattanooga. We had, we had already made that decision. So we went in, my partner Thomas and I went in and we redid it ourselves. Uh, I was still working a full-time job. It was kind of the last year we were going to do. It was going to be the last big check out of Orlando. And uh, so we finished it. So we bought it in August, finished it in early November. And, and you know, like, like most rehabbers, nothing sells between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we, we sort of sat on it, and we had the, the broker come in. We didn't want to put a bunch of days on market. So we had her come in in January to uh, to list it. So she brings in all of her sheets. And um, like a lot of people listened, and we sat down at the table and we said, great. Uh, you know, what do you think? She says, well, the house looks beautiful. I said, I know. She said, you did a great job. I know. <laughs> I'm very excited at this point. I said, what can we sell it for? She said, well, based on what's, what's sold in the area, 145 I almost fell off the chair. I said, how could we have dropped fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 in six months? And she pulled it out. Well, REO property, you know, foreclosure, just went right down the list. So, uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, probably looked, like a lot of guys who make the mistake, I said, well, I ain't selling it for 145 That's just not going to happen. Um, and because we did the work ourselves, and we didn't have a ton of money put into it, maybe six or $8,000. But I uh, put it out at 155 It didn't sell. 
a month later, you know, dropped it to 147, didn't sell, put it out to one down to 142, got no movement on it. So we just pulled it back and we ended up lease optioning it out for 5,000 down and just enough to cover the mortgage. So oh. it's, uh, we're still hold, still holding that property. Uh, we've actually lease optioned it twice. First time at 5,000 and, uh, <clears throat> those people fell out and then we lease optioned it again at 4,000 down. So it's, you know, it's, it's breaking even for us. We didn't have to take a loss and, at some point down the road, hopefully it'll it'll cash out. Well, if that's the worst that happened to you in Florida, I mean, you should pat yourself on the back and, and uh, say congratulations. Well, you know, we were able to turn, you know, a disaster into at least not losing money, and it's, you know, it's supporting itself. Um, you know, we've got a good tenant in there. I don't know that, I don't know if he'll cash out. I certainly hope he will. I put him on a two-year lease option. Yeah. I think he's got about a year left. So uh, if he does, great. If not... Um, yeah, it's a great write-off for me to go to Florida every uh, every few months because I still got some property down there. But yeah, I mean, I know so many people who lost their shorts in Florida and lost yeah. multiple homes to foreclosure. Um, had a lot of subject to deals that went bad. Is that worse than losing a shirt? Yeah, losing I think it your is. shorts. I my my shorts I know. I guess you could lose both of them too. <laughs> yeah. I never thought about that. That's a good point. I'll have to remember but, that uh, distinction. <laughs> but, uh, but back to your original question. So, so uh, you know, how we're in, we're in Florida. How do we how do we end up in in uh, in Chattanooga? We uh, 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 turn my phone is beeping through. Sorry, guys. Um, started looking around. We said, well, we were smart enough to realize, hey, that, you know, Florida's it's a bit of turmoil. Um, we had always thought of moving, you know, further north. I'm originally from Boston. My wife's from uh, Pennsylvania. Um, so we, we thought about moving, you know, a little bit further north. I, you know, again, coming from Boston, I miss the mountains and the change of seasons, and you don't have any of that in Florida. So we started to look. Um, initially, we were going to you know, invest remotely, buy some, buy some rental properties and stay in Orlando. And uh, my partner, Thomas, and I, we, we traveled all over the southeast U.S. looking at uh, different markets, um, I, I'd gone to a, a seminar with a, with one of the gurus talking about emerging markets and, uh, uh, spent, spent about a, a week up there in his, uh, his boot camp. They did a great job talking about you know, what's an emerging market. What's, what causes a market to, to shift, uh, just because you know, real estate's bad in one area doesn't mean it's bad in all areas. So we started looking at, uh, places like Chattanooga, Louisville, uh, where we go? We went to Birmingham, uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Looked at some stuff over in Texas and the Carolinas. And right as we were looking, um, Volkswagen announced that they were going to build an automotive plant here in Chattanooga. Wow, that's that's pretty neat. Um, they were looking at adding almost 20,000 jobs uh, for the auto workers, and then just all the ancillary stuff, the you know the production guys, the you know the people that make the bumpers, and uh, looking at a, a job growth over or five to eight years of 20,000. Uh, Chattanooga has a metro population of just over 200,000. So you're looking at 10% population increase. So that was, that was pretty significant. Um, you know, and looking at the market, it uh, had a real diverse economy. It wasn't like Florida. Florida basically has three legs, um, agriculture, tourism, and construction. So when construction went, it was like a three-legged stool. That went down. When the national economy went, people stopped traveling. So, you know, tourism went. So it was, it was just... A disaster all the way around. We looked at Chattanooga, very diverse economy, uh, a lot of 
corporations are headquartered here. Crystal's Burgers, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Unum Insurance. So, uh, you know, just south of us down in Georgia, we have the textiles, all the carpet mills. Um, so just a real diverse economy where any one sector took a hit, it wasn't going to collapse like Florida. <clears throat> that combined with um, the uh, the building of the automotive plant, the Volkswagen plant, uh, TVA is up- upgrading some of our power plants here. So just a lot of great things going on in the market that uh, – in the short term, should have should provide some growth that we weren't seeing in you know, in Orlando. So that was initially how we how we picked Chattanooga. Did Volkswagen ever build that plant? Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, yesterday, uh, somebody I think out of St. Lucie, Florida, got the first Passat that was that came off the assembly line. So yeah, the, the plant is up. Uh, now they're talking about maybe Audi coming in and putting in a plant right next door. Wow. Tennessee is now. Uh, I heard the other day, Tennessee is the largest automotive producing state in the country. And let me guess, it's uh, right to work, right? Is that what they call it? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> so, uh, we'll I, avoid you know. politics, but take note, people. The reason why Tennessee is doing so well is because they have right to work laws, which means uh, what, David? Would you rather, would you want to indulge that? Uh, go ahead. I'm from here, so <laughs> no unions, right? Right. Now, I'm not bashing unions. I, I've worked with a lot of union contractors in construction here in St. Louis, um, and I have a lot of friends who are in unions, so I'm going to stay out of the debate because it's yeah. a very sensitive issue. I, do, I will say this. I will say this. Um, I worked in, I've worked with union contractors um, pretty much all my career before real estate and um, moved to Dallas, Texas for a summer, and there was, I was working on a non-union job, and there was a, even though the work was a lot cheaper in Texas, there was a noticeable difference in the quality of the work on the uh, with the non-union labor there at the school I was working on. Um, but I don't know. Having said all that, it's a it's a tough issue. To, <laughs> I'm not going to debate it, and I know I've already offended half of our audience who are pro-union, pro-labor. But um, you know, Tennessee's doing really, really well, and that's why these big automotive companies are building plants out there and creating jobs. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I'll shut up. Joe for president. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, so you moved to Tennessee, and um, did you get a do- did you get a job, or are you going to jump in real estate full time? I tell you, I, I, I was pretty lucky. I knew we were going to do real estate pretty, uh, you know, full time here. The uh, I, I got really lucky that the company that I worked for as, as a salesman, uh, National Lumber Company, had an office up here, and uh, they they offered me a job to to come up at least for six months and, and help them uh, establish some some things, just some things that I was good at. Uh, I, I ran installed sales divisions and things like that. So, so they gave me a real short-term deal to come up here for the first six months and 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 help them uh, establish some stuff up here. So, so I had a nice little cushion. But ultimately, I knew that that was going to end, and uh, you know we had to make it work. You know, we 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 threw threw all the cards and all the chips on the table. Uh, you know, we had no family here. We had nothing. I knew the only person I knew was the the real estate broker that that I'd come up here a couple times to look at properties, and and we had met him. Short of that, nothing. So when you when you talk about you know just parachuting into a into a new city and and what are you going to do? That that was what we did. We uh, we, you know, I, I, we sort of fell into wholesaling a little bit by, by accident. That wasn't our intention when we came here. 
uh, we came here to buy to buy properties um, for our own portfolio. Uh, you know, we the first property we bought, my, my partner actually found on Craigslist. It was a, a duplex on the eastern side of Chattanooga. Uh, through email, we negotiated a, a nice subject to deal. Um, you know, we put five thousand down, five thousand on the back end, took over their mortgage, and I think on that one we got. $560 a month cash flow. So our initial intent when we came here um, was to buy was to buy properties. And and our business model is a little bit different than than some wholesalers. We our business model is we do a lot of marketing. We throw out a huge fish net. We bring in a lot of deals, but primarily we're looking for deals for ourselves. Okay, stuff for our for our own portfolio. Um, but when we started this, we we realized, oh my God, there's a lot of deals in here. I don't want to really be in the rehab business anymore. I did that. I'm, I'm old now. I, I don't want to just fool around with that stuff. I just turned 40. So, <laughs> um, the uh, so what do we do with these deals that are great deals that we can we can get at fantastic prices? And and our wholesaling business kind of grew out of that. And it's it's been a, a really fantastic business. But right. but yeah, we were. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna uh, with uh, what you were talking about, you know, with, with your model of looking to buy for yourself and then, um, you, you know, wholesaling what what you don't want to take or whatever. No, I think that's a great model. Um, I, I've kind of adapted that myself to where um, when I go in and make an offer to a seller, it's not it's not a well cross my fingers and gee I hope this works type of thing. Um, it's either I have the intention of it working for me as a rehab or if it's, a, you know, going to be a wholesale. So I don't really go in with that intent of just, you know, crossing my fingers and hoping something's going to happen. You know, some people, you know, teach that like, well, if you, you know, just tie it up and see what happens, you know, and I guess you yeah. could do that, you know, if you wanted to, but I, I'm not a fan about fan of that. What do you think, Joe? And it actually helps, too, when you can present your offer to an owner. Um, if you can go into the details and explain, look, if I buy this house, I'm going to have to put in this amount of rehab. I'm going to have to pay a realtor this amount of money to sell it. I'm going to have to press use this amount of money to stage it. And my closing costs and my carrying costs and my financing costs and all of this. And I need to make at least a 15% profit. If you can put together those numbers and present it like you're going to rehab it yourself, um, and this to, to justify your offer that really goes a long way in giving you some credibility and explaining why your offer is so low so you can present it like this is something that I'm really going to buy and it helps too because if it's a good enough deal um, you know you may just want to keep it for yourself and make even more money so you need to decide whether you want to make a quick nickel or a slow dime um, and I like that that's very good yeah and, and that's you know I tell a lot of if, you know students or different people that we run across. You know, ultimately, you know, wholesaling is great, and you can you can certainly make a lot of money doing it, but it's still a little bit of a job. You, you still got to work it every day. Um, you know, you, you definitely want to be building your own portfolio and and buying properties for you know for the future. I I joke all the time and tell people I have a, a wife, two boys, and three fat dogs, and and they sell three fat dogs like a lot of cookies. <laughs> so you know, oh, and, and you know, be done with college, and I'd I'd like to leave them. Know, a nice, uh, a nice portfolio, but it, it, it allows you to look at deals with a, with a different set of glasses. Uh, you know, I, I see a lot of people will post on on Alex's uh, Facebook group. You know, hey, I've got this deal, and and you know, maybe it's uh, they have a mortgage and there's no equity in it. But if you can look at it, and, and equity, if equity isn't your primary concern, it, you know, let's say it, it's got a, a mortgage, a fixed interest mortgage, 
PITI of you know, 800 a month, but you know it'll rent for 1150. Well, that's a deal, you know. Um, as long as as long as the rents will safely cover cover the mortgage, you know, that could be a potentially a good deal. As long as it doesn't need a lot of rehab and there's not a lot of money up front. So, um, you know, we bought a, a little over 40 properties for just ourselves in the last two years. Um, not all of them are very few of them are really subject to, but we do a lot of owner financing with free and clear properties. Um, so you're you're buying these homes, David? To how many homes do you own now currently? Uh, forty-two. Wow. Forty-two. So uh, um, when you when you look at the at the possibility of, of I think somebody had, had posted something the other day. Um, uh, it was a fifteen thousand dollar house, and and everybody was offering. You know, ten thousand on the house, and they went in and offered them full price on owner financing, but but the, the payments were spread out. There's just other ways to, to manipulate yeah. the deal and and work it like a Rubik's cube and, and find a way where I can give the seller what they want, and uh, you know I can also pick up a great property. So you're you're holding a bunch of homes now. Um, oh yeah, yeah, we've become almost a you know, and that luckily there's three of us in our company, and and everybody does a great job, and we couldn't do what we do without without their you know without everybody. Oh, yeah. She's an active participant. But yeah, we pretty much, we, we 40, 40 something properties. It, it becomes you know, a lot of repairs. And so our business has really grown into more than just wholesaling. We, you know, it, it, it's kind That's of like full out property management right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh, yeah, what would you what, say you know, your cash I, flow is from all these wonderful properties? Oh, uh, obviously. I'm going to tell you, we, we all do different parts of the business. My wife does everything financial. <laughs> just yeah. because I don't, have the, I don't have the attention span to sit there and deal with the bank accounts. Just, just in that, we're probably, I don't know, eight or $9,000 a month in cash flow. But our plan is we, we take that and we, we're continuously reinvesting it back into the, the rental. That rental business, and we keep it separate, that rental business has to support itself. Um, Absolutely. We've got a roof going on. Uh, we've got a couple properties that we're going to install central heating and air. So you know that that money feeds back into itself. Yeah, it's to, like a reserve, you know, improve, basically. Yeah, well, to improve our assets. Um, yeah. You know, I've got one house that that uh, went vacant this month, and we keep very very low vacancies. Um, we typically never have more than one or two two empty at a time. But uh, you know, so we're painting painting one house. Um, I have a, a little duplex that got hit by the tornadoes uh, back a month or so ago, and. Those tenants have moved out, so we're in there. Yeah, it was, it, luckily, it wasn't bad. But, you know, we just put a new roof on that one. Uh, I got a little floor leveling to do, and then it'll be ready probably in another week. But, so uh, do you rent yeah, these homes, or do you lease option them? What do you do? We do a combination. Depends on depends on the property and, and the area. You know, okay. A property in a nice, you know, more middle-class part of town, yeah, we'll always we'll, we'll, we'll do three options with everybody. We'll, we'll own a finance it with a, you know, with a good chunk down. Uh, you know, say ten thousand down. Uh, you know, we'll do like a seven and a quarter percent interest rate, or we'll do you know maybe a lease option with five thousand down, or you know we'll rent it. So we'll we'll we play every ace uh, every what? time. You know, we're looking to rent it as quick as we can or fill it as quick as we can. David, what's your long term strategy with these things? To hold them forever and pay them off? Well, um, originally we were on a everything was a five to seven year hold. We're, we're looking for the market once the market starts to rise. Uh, we'll we'll start to sell them off for you know to pull out the equity and, and invest it in another market that's maybe at the bottom that's that's indicating that it's going to shoot up. Um, so that, that that really was our plan when we got here. 
Now I've grown to love Chattanooga after being here two years. It's just a just a great city. Um, nice people, everything about it. Um, you know, I really enjoy it. So there's, there's probably some of it that will that will hold hold long term. All right. Ashlow is really fantastic, and that's with you know I don't think any of them we own 100 percent free and clear. So we're making that great cash flow plus paying those mortgages. Yeah. So you know I, I, I try to buy everything on a 15 year mortgage. I've got some on really short, you know, five or six year notes. So as those things start to fall off, I'm the cash flow is just going to shoot through the roof. Now, talk about how you buy some of these homes. Are you buying a lot of them subject to, how, or what percentage are you buying with traditional financing or subject to? Uh, nothing with traditional financing. Okay. We have too many mortgages, you know, with a couple properties that are left in Florida. So we're, we're out of the, the new mortgage game. Uh, I would say subject to, uh, there's not more than the 10 of them that are, that are subject to. The, the rest are, are just straight on the financed. Um, I contracted one. Uh, was it Saturday? Saturday of last week. That's actually real close to my office, but, but I'll probably move into. Uh, it was an inherited property in pretty good shape. They they owned it free and clear. Um, went over and talked to them for you know, 20, 30 minutes. We just uh, but the tax, it's tax. I'll tell you the deal. The tax it's tax assessed at ninety seven thousand. They were asking sixty eight. Um, we sat there and talked to them. I said, well, listen, uh, you know. Uh, uh, all cash offer. I'm probably going to be somewhere around 40 to 42. And here, let me show you the comps of properties like yours in this neighborhood that have that have sold for that price. And there were plenty of, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, or you know, a couple 50s. Yeah. So 40, 40 was a was a real number. Um, and they said, well, we, you know, we we really need to get 60, 65, 68, you know, right in that range. I said, well, uh, talked a little bit. I said, well, here, here's what we can do. There's a couple different ways that that. Uh, that we can do this for you. Um, and I asked him a couple questions. I said, well, let's, let me ask you this. Um, is this something where you need the money now? Or you, you, you know, you're just going to, let's say you get $60,000, what are you going to do with it? Well, we'll just probably put it into a CD or something. I said, great. Well, here's, here's what we can do. So uh, we ended up contracting at uh, 68000 with nothing down, uh, 5% interest on a, 15-year note, and I don't usually do it, but I get, they, they wanted a balloon, so we agreed on a seven-year balloon. Um, okay. So here's the property. We bought it for 68000 the tax assessed at ninety seven. So I ended up still with owner financing buying it at $0.70 cents on the dollar. Um, nice. I, yeah, well, yeah, thank you. That's our still a good deal. Is, Heck yeah. That's a great deal, yeah. And that's our portfolio runs somewhere uh, $0.66, $0.67 cents on the tax assessed dollar. Okay. And we got a couple million, two, oh, a little over two million dollars worth of properties that we bought in the last two years. Um, so that's on the tax assessment. So as the market starts to rise, of course that, you know, that thirty-two, thirty-three percent will will increase. And definitely. Now, are you? We will buy a bunch more properties in the next two years. Do you ever make principal-only offers, principal payments yeah. only oh, yeah. offers to yeah. sellers? And yeah, I, uh, we bought two properties last summer. Um, here's a good a good story. Uh, and primarily, our, our marketing is, is band of times, and we do a lot of driving for dollars and <clears throat> excuse me, and mail yellow letters. So we don't do I don't do the the bulk mailings like some guys do, and I probably need to start. But, but anyways, a uh, gentleman called off of our sign. Uh, my partner Tom went over and talked to him, talked to him, and um, with initially the mindset of just making a you know a cash offer, um, two houses. I think he offered him ten or twelve thousand each. 
uh, you know, of course, he he wouldn't couldn't take that. He wanted uh, like twenty five or twenty eight per property. So he called back another time and he got me and a really great guy. And he said, "Hey, can you can you just meet me over here and and just look at these things and and tell me what you tell me what what the best you can do." And one of those days I was just slow, so I said, "Sure, I'll I'll meet you over there." So the guy's name was Gary, older guy, um, and and I I really spent some time and, and talked to him. I said, "Well." You know, what's going on? How come you're selling? He said, well, you know, I've got these two rental properties. I had a bad knee. I had surgery. Um, I, work in a, I work in a lab, and I have to stand all day, and you know, I'm getting pretty close to retirement. Well, I can, you know, I understand that, so you need to sell them. I said, well, what are you going to do with the money? He said, well, when I retire in a couple of years, I'd like to pay off the house that I have now. I said, oh, well, the light went off. Okay, well, well now I understand what, what it is that he wanted. So I said, well, Gary, how about this? I said, there's no way I could pay you more than ten or twelve thousand for each of these houses. Just in this part of town, that's just all that they're gonna that's 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 all that they're worth. I said, but if you're willing to finance it, I could probably get you some more. He said, Well, I I'd be happy to do that. I just I'd like to only finance it for, you know, like five or six years because you know, I'm gonna be retired by then. So so I went back to the office, I I sent him over uh, a letter of intent and it, basically I had three three offers. Um, first offer was uh, all cash for closing, twelve thousand. The second offer was uh, twenty thousand per house with two thousand down, um, and monthly payments of three hundred or three hundred a month. And the third offer was I think mean, twenty eight thousand zero down, uh, six or seven percent interest, something like that. So uh, so he called me. We we were talking. He said, "Well, it, it's uh, you know I." I I really like getting a little bit of money up front. I think that's, that's uh, you know probably the best plan. Uh, I'm willing to go with this, this second offer. I said, "Oh, okay, great." He said, "Well, what's the interest on this for 300?" I said, "Well, there's there's no interest on it. If I figured interest, it would have actually dropped your payment down a little bit." Oh, okay, great. That was it. That was the whole conversation. Signed there. I, I sent him over a contract. We closed it. You know, a week or so later. So I've got two houses at 300. I rented one within a day as it as it sat. At 525. And the other one, I went in and did a little bit of update and spent about three thousand dollars and rented that one at 565. So those will be paid off in five years. The tenants are going to pay them off, and uh, we'll have two houses free and clear. And so, the tax assessment on one is 33 and one is 35. So we anticipate within a couple of years, you know, as the market grows, they'll both be worth about 50, and that'll be it. David, um, explain those three offers. I mean, you typically make multiple offers to sellers. Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah, especially if it's a free and clear house. <clears throat> because, again, I look at that as, well, here's a property primarily that I'd really like to get, and if I can get financing in there. So three offers. One is <clears throat> the first offer, um, the first or the third, either one. First offer is, is everything that they want, you know, the, the full price. They're asking for, you know, a price that's reasonable, obviously not 100000 for a $10,000 house. But, yeah. Um, 25000 28000 was, you know, was, was okay. It was if I could get financing on it, I could live with that. So the first offer was full price, with nothing down, and uh, and maybe I'll, I'll give them an interest rate, maybe you know five or six percent. The the bottom offer on the other end of the spectrum is is my offer a wholesale price, and in the middle I'll do something with maybe a little bit of money down, uh, but the interest rate will be lower. Um, it, it, it'll it'll you know so I think and I'm doing this from memory, but. It was, I think, 28000 at 6%, nothing down over, you know, 15 years or 20 years. 
the middle offer was 2000 down, principal only payments, and I didn't type it like that. I just said monthly payments of you know $300 until paid off, and the bottom offer was just all cash. So you, you kind of you, you hit all ends of the spectrum there. And to me, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me which one they pick. All of them are good for me. You know, if they had picked the bottom one, I probably would have just wholesaled them off and made you know four or five grand on them. They would have been quick, easy base hits. Um, and the other two, whichever financing option you picked, was great because I was going to keep it for my portfolio. How do you cash out the balloons if um, if you got a four or five year balloon? What are you going to do to cash well, those, that out? Those, those will be paid off in in the, the five years because okay. uh, it might be five or six years. Those will pay off. The the only one I that I've done that, that has a balloon is is this one that I just did this last week. That one week. for sixty some thousand, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and I put he wanted five, and, I, and we negotiated seven, and you know that one, it, it's a really, it's a pretty nice house. I wanted to move closer to my office, so I'm, I'm going to take that one for myself. Um, you know, we'll do some some fixing up on it, and yeah, you know, we'll be able to sell it within seven years. So, now, David, I I'm meeting with the, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I want to put that's a little outside our normal strategy, but go ahead. I'm meeting with a seller uh, tomorrow who just called me. She has a house listed in a great area, <clears throat> good school district, good median price neighborhood. It was listed for 139 and she owns a house free and clear. It's part of probate in an estate. And her, husband, her brother and her are just tired of maintaining it and want to just get rid of it. Um, it's worth, they have a list for 139 It's probably could sell for 130 um, but it's almost expired. Um, I told her on she wouldn't give me a, the bottom line number that she wanted. I can see investor comps in the ninety thousand dollar range. So I said, and it doesn't need any work. And so I said I might be able to offer something around eighty eighty five. And she said, okay, that we would consider that. But I'm going to make multiple offers to her. Yeah. So let's Is look it at this. You for your own for your own portfolio. Well, you know. I, for the last couple of years, I've been trying to sell everything I have, and I'm, my motto has been I'd rather make a quick nickel than a slow dime and just wholesaling everything, trying to pay off all my debts and stuff. But this is a deal, if I could get with terms, really good terms, it's such a good area. It doesn't need any work. This would might be a great house that I want to keep. Um, so let's, for I kind of have an idea already what kind of offers I'm going to make. But um, this is a house I wanted to bring up because it's in more of a median home price range. Um, so it's worth $130. It'll probably rent for $1,000 a month. Um, and it's owned free and clear. So what, in, if you were in my shoes, what kind of offers would you make on that house? Uh, something very similar. I, I'd make her the three offers. Um, and, and one thing great about the, the three offices. Um, you know, you can use one side of the paper to justify the other. Hey, you know, if, if you're willing to do some financing, I can give you everything that you're that you're looking for. So I can give you the one, which say 130, 138. Um, you know, I could I'll do the 138 with uh, I don't have a calculator in front of me with, with monthly payments of you know six hundred dollars a month, something that will will give you some good cash flow. Uh, now, would would you I'll, would that be six hundred a month until paid off? Would you say something like that? Sure, I'd try that. Yeah, I never, I believe, I never like to do balloons. I, I've only ever done, agreed to one, and, and you know, it was so, personally it worked for me because it was close to my office. So that would uh, be, yeah, that would be principal only payments. So you would take, sure. let me get my calculator out here. I think this is really good for everybody to just kind of follow along to and learn. Um, 
So if you pay $600 a month until paid off, that gives me $400 a month gross cash flow, right? Um, and that means I would pay it off in 19 years. A 20-year note, that's not too bad. No. Maybe I could make it, let's say I took 139 divided by 15 years divided by 12. Maybe I could say 775 a month um, until paid off in, in 15 years. Right, because, yeah, say you're looking at even just $100 a month cash flow, and that, that's kind of my memo. I would never go, you know, anything below below 100 There's got to be something to make it worthwhile at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, that $1,000 is going to go to 1050 1125 you know, over the course of, of that term of your loan. So so your cash flow will, will grow, especially as you improve and, and bring in some better property. Well, yeah, and, and it's principal-only payments. Yeah, yeah, how do you lose, you know? You don't get the tax deductions on it, but hey, you can't have you can't have it all, man. You know, you so, can't you can't have you cake and ice cream. So here's the thing: at seven seventy five a month, I'm paying down nine thousand dollars every month, every every year. Yeah. So quick. after after five years, that's forty six thousand dollars in principal buy down that I've used. And so if the house doesn't even appreciate at all, if it stays flat, then uh, you know my profit already is about forty forty five thousand dollars. Exactly. Um, and then there's something to say that in five or six years you can't go back to the seller and say, "Hey, I know you really enjoy getting these payments, and I still owe you, I don't know, uh, eighty thousand uh, dollars. If I could, if I could get this thing, you know, cashed out for you in the next three weeks, let's say you've already got a contract to sell it, mm-hmm. you know, instead of eighty, take would you take sixty-five, and, and I'll get you your cash, and it could be done. So Principal reduction, I love it. I love yeah. it. And a it's haircut of you know? And if you well, we won't get into. There is an issue. There is a topic of substitution of collateral, where if you could negotiate with that with the owner, once you pay that house off, you could potentially, possibly, move that um, cash to another property. If you are allowed to substitute that collateral, that's a more advanced topic. Okay, but but that's that's your second offer. I'm going to offer cash of eighty-five thousand dollars because I know I could wholesale it for probably ninety-five. Um, and the other offer would be full price, what she's asking for, but with principal-only payments um, until paid off or something like that. What's a, maybe in the middle you give her, uh, you know, depending on, you know, and this, the middle offer, you kind of you have to get a little bit of a feel for what it is that they need. Um, you know, you might offer her 105, 107,000, and I'll give you 2,500 or 3,000, but everybody's situation is different. You know, what do you, what can you afford? Can you afford 2,000 bucks, 3,000 bucks? Um, just enough to sweeten it, you know, so they, they take that middle offer. Because when you do the numbers, you know, that, that middle offer is usually where the best the best money is. Uh, you know, I could say, you know, look, I'll give you the same equity as you'd get with a realtor, all right? Yeah. And then we'll walk the numbers backwards from 139. You know, so I'd take 139 and subtract 15%. So if I took 139 times 0.85, I could offer her, look, 118, 151, uh, 150. So I could offer $118,000, the same equity she'd get if she sold with a realtor, um, and then offer maybe an interest rate, do you think? Sure. I would probably go a little lower. I would I would maybe, I'm a little cheaper, I'd, I'd maybe go down you know, 109, 110, and yeah, sure, give her a 4% interest rate, and uh, you know, two, two or $3,000 down. And, and, you know, do the math both ways, you know, before you... You always always be well prepared when you, you know, for for anybody when you before you go in and start negotiating, you just don't want to completely shoot off the hip. But 
but uh, yeah, do those numbers, and, and I bet you it works out a lot better for you, even even with a small interest rate. Mm-hmm. And, and that's still, and you can tell them, look, you know, that's, that's double what you get if you went and put it in a CD right now. So, um, you know, and you know, I tell them I'm not an accountant, but you know, taking your money over the long term is probably going to be better for you than a than a big lump lump sum all the time. That's good. But uh, but yeah, now you get them options, and uh, you. I tell people, look, it's it's not about what I want. Um, you know, all of these will work for me. It's it's about you. What you know, what works for you. Um, some people need cash up front. Need a lot of you know the cash right now for for bills. Some people don't. Some people are are fine and are just good with a with a monthly payment. It's like an annuity or social security. It's a it's a great payment that you can guarantee going to come into you every month. Um, and I tell people, look, it, it's you know it's got to be good for both of us. It has to be good for you. It has to be good good for me. I tell people I don't ever want to be in Walmart at 10 o'clock on a Friday screaming across the, the store that, <laughs> that I took advantage of them. That's, you know, that's, I'm not always overly fair with yeah. with uh, my offers. And, and here are three different ways which 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 uh, works best for you. Very and good. It, instead of giving up, uh, take this or leave it, you know, now you make them choose. And, you know, I find that about 80% of the time people things. And maybe they'll negotiate with you just a little bit, but, you know, you're... It, it, it works out. It's a great strategy. We bought a lot of property that way. Takes even if the seller takes one of your terms offers, you still may be able to wholesale that to another investor. Absolutely, and we, we've we've done that a few times. I don't do too too much of the wholesale and of the subject twos. That's just a personal preference. But absolutely, if you if you are confident that that someone will go through with what you agreed with, yeah, sure, yeah, without a doubt. Well, let's talk about my favorite subject. Marketing, um, right. love marketing. I mean, would you agree that this is a marketing business more than it is a real estate business? It's all about marketing. We can we can take out houses and put in widgets uh, at any time, and you have to you have to be good at marketing in whatever form you, you decide to do. Whether it's you know direct mail or banner signs, or you decide you're you want to knock on doors, which is probably the best way to find deals if you can do it. I, I, I don't, I don't have it in me to go knock on doors, but, but absolutely, you have to have some way to get, get deals coming into you all the time and have, have some steady stream of, of leads. And, you know, it's, I tell people we're constantly marketing. Our business is not like the muffin shop down the corner where they market a little bit, people come in, they really like that chocolate chip muffin, and they're going to continue to come back. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't have on the, on the, the side where the seller side, we generally don't have a lot of repeat customers. For the most part, somebody sells you the house, and that's, and that's it. Not too many of them have multiple houses, but but you do get that occasionally. So you're continuously having the market for for sellers, and then you know even though you have, may have multiple buyers, you've always got to be growing growing your buyers list because um, you know even even the best rehabber in town, you know there there is a, a saturation point where he can only handle maybe three or four four houses at a time. So you know you're always looking for new buyers as well because people will fall out, people will move, people just get tired, you know. You've always got to be building building your list. So, absolutely, marketing for buyers and sellers continuously. What would you say your ratio is between what you buy to hold and buy to wholesale? And do you have a model with that, or you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants? Um, the the ratios we're probably we probably wholesale eighty percent because we're we're pretty particular about what we what we buy and keep for ourselves. Because again. I just don't want to do it. It's a personal thing. I don't want to do a lot of rehabbing. I've been through that phase of my life, and it's just not exciting for me. So so for me, when I do something on owner financing, it, 
it's cane carpet. I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, it it's something that we can rent fairly quickly. So we'll wholesale 80% of, of the deals that we, uh, that we get. And um, what was the other question? I'm sorry. How many straight wholesales uh, would you do a month, do you say? Uh, we are going to do, I'm doing two this week, six, maybe six to seven. I mean, I've had weeks where we've done five in a week, and it's been just... Straight wholesales? Yeah, yeah. So it's just been completely crazy. Um, you know, this month we're going to do, you know, of those, probably six. One of them will be one for ourselves. So this might be just five wholesales this month. But we're pretty steady between five and seven deals a month. You said, okay, you said a week. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> no, I think it was, I have had I have had two weeks where we've done five. We've closed five in a week, and that was wow. That's of, great. More of a oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's great to get to Friday at five o'clock and just fall fall back in your chair. And, and that was more of just you know, you know, probably we should have had three, but two got pushed from another week. But but it, that's a that's a just a crazy week. We uh, uh, the first December that we were here. Uh, like three weeks before Christmas was was the first time we did five, and I, I felt like I lived at the title company. So. What was you? Yeah, exactly. Well, what was your um, what was your big heavy hitter marketing that got you those deals? Would you say? Um, I tell you, we're real bread and butter. We're I just, we're real basic. We buy houses hand. We did a lot of initially a lot of handwritten signs, um, just because we started on a on a real low budget. Um, signs. We're we're a sign sign, sign, sign company, whereas I know you do a lot of more direct mail, and I, I want to expand into that, but but we just hammer the snot out of signs. We did 300 signs last weekend, which was a big weekend for us, but typically wow. we do 200 signs. Um, you know, the reason we did so many is we expanded a little bit last last month into into northern Georgia. We've been real careful to um, control the area that we do our marketing in, and I'll tell you two stories. When we when we first came to Chattanooga, we bought our first duplex. Um, my partner Tom was he was staying up here, you know, getting some paint and carpet and getting it rented. And uh, he called me and he said, "Got this great house." I said, "Okay." They went seventeen thousand for it. I'm like, "You're kidding me? Seventeen thousand? Does it have windows and a roof?" Because again, remember, I'm thinking Florida. I said, "Yeah, seventeen thousand. That's great. It needs a little bit of floor leveling, but I think we can we can resell it for twenty five, maybe twenty eight thousand. It'll be great." I said, "Okay." So put it under contract. And what we learned is we didn't know the market good enough. We didn't know what area it was. <laughs> but something I probably should have, yeah, I probably should have contracted at ten thousand instead of seventeen. Um, and we ended up having to let that contract go back. So, so that yeah. was a real learning experience for us. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can can understand that. And the second one, we went up to Cleveland, which is the next main town, big town, going north, heading towards Knoxville. And we had this great subject two deal, a little thousand square foot house, three two. Great shape. Uh, we took over the mortgage, got her caught up, and uh, couldn't rent it. I, I just couldn't understand it. I, you know, I, I'm thinking, God darn, if that house was here, I could, you know, I'd, I'd rent it and have $300 a month cash flow. I just couldn't understand what happened. We had, we held that thing for two and a half months trying to get it rented. Just everything we could do. Plus, it was 35 miles away, so we we're running up there continuously. Couldn't rent it. And what we realized is this area was considered the quote unquote the hood of, of Cleveland, Tennessee. I was up there. I'd go up there and cut the grass. The place looked great to me, but it just wasn't in a good rental area. People didn't like to rent over there. So so after that, after we got smacked around twice, we realized, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. Let's kind of just stick to our area, and, and next time we expand, we're going to do some research, and we're going to understand that market before we before we venture out too, too far. 
So, you know, that's it's taken us a little bit of time. We're just starting to roll down into, you know, probably the first 20 miles of northern Georgia. Um, and we're picking up a lot of great leads down there. But, uh, but yeah, it's, for us, that was a little bit of a, a learning curve. We don't, we don't just start willy-nilly, you know, venturing out 40 miles from, from Chattanooga, putting stuff on the property and, or on the contract and without understanding what that market is. Now, David, talk a little bit about your signs. How do you put out 300 signs in a weekend? We, uh, I tell you, uh, in, in the, I'll go back. In the beginning, we did it every single weekend ourselves. And, and this is kind of a lesson. Oh. I of <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of new people out there and say, well, how do I do this? I just don't understand. I'll tell you, me and my partner, Tom, every single Friday, I don't care if it was sleet, rain, snow, my kids had a school play, there was my favorite movie coming out, whatever. You know, even if we, if we had to go to the school play, afterwards we put out signs every single Friday. Come heck or high water, we did it. And, you know, people say, well, well geez, how are you able to do all these deals? Well, we're just willing to do what nobody else in town would do. So, so initially that was it. We did, you know, at least 100 times every single Friday. How do we do it now? Um, we, we put an ad on Craigslist probably every month, and, you know, uh, we it says, uh, again, my partner Tom does it, but it says something like 10 bucks an hour, uh, marketing job, must have a car, uh, a good license, <clears throat> excuse me, and a camera. And we've had we've had three people for for the last month or two that, that have been really good and consistent. They're excited to do it. They they come in. They real they show us the pictures, and we pay them a dollar a sign to put them out. So we've been pretty fortunate that we've we've got a good group right now. But but there is turnover in in that business because a lot of people think it's a great job and. You know, we've had some college students that do it once or twice, and I'm like, ah, this isn't for me, this isn't fun. But you, know, you just have to find the right person to do it for you. It is generally yeah. a revolving door. <laughs> yeah, and I tell that to people. I'm like, look, you know, I will give them 50 the first time out. Um, I don't, I don't want to give them 100 just because I don't want to, I don't want them to pitch my signs. But I'll give them 50 and say, hey, here's, you know, here's a little route. We have a map. Um, I'll try to start them off easy the first time, like you know, off ramps on, on highways. So it's, you know, it's easy and, you know, I don't want to overwhelm them the first time. I don't want to send them to the hood. But, uh, you know, hey, here's, uh, here's how it works. <laughs> arm, armored vests included. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, um, well, this one girl I got right, right now, she's a retired, uh, or not retired, but formerly of the uh, the Marine Corps. I think she'd, she'd do just fine down there in the hood. But, uh, but yeah, what, so that's, that's how we What do you, do you pay a dollar a sign or you pay per hour or what? No, we pay it. We we pay a dollar per sign. We tell them, look, if if you can't put out ten signs in an hour, you know, this you're just not you're just not trying. And generally, you, you know, we talk to the them, and it takes them, you know, four or five hours. So they're probably if they netted it out, they're probably making like, you know, fifteen or twenty bucks an hour. Do you hit up an intersection and put like eight signs in one intersection? Some people do that. No, we, no, we again. That's just from doing this a million years. We. When I first did my first batch of banded signs down in Orange City, Florida, we did that. My wife and I went out at like three in the morning, and and yeah, we did eight at an intersection. You know, two going in every direction. Absolutely. First call we got was from from the police department. <laughs> 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 There's this call that went to went to our answering service. So uh, no, I, we I caution them. I'm like, hey, you know, two at an intersection, one one in each direction is fine. Don't you know, don't overdo it because again, you know, when the when the sign boys come to pick up signs. Uh, you know, two so might not get out of the car. Eight, so eight, you know, eight's a real easy deal to get out, and they get to go back and say, look how many signs I got. So it make it, make it a little bit challenging for them. 
So out of an intersection that has uh, obviously four different directions, they're putting two signs, basically? Yeah, two. I mean, I tell them, look, if it's a main intersection, like an intersection in front of Home Depot, hey, go ahead and put them out there just because, you know, it's a Friday and we're going to have, you know, 50,000 cars pass them. But, yeah, for the most part, two's good, you know, on a normal, a normal road. And normal, like, main roads have these four-way intersections, like, every block, almost. Are they hitting every single one of those blocks, or how far do they I, I tell them to. Yeah. I, I, okay. I, I tell them to. You know, even the, you know, I drive around behind them. They don't get every single one, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's 100 bucks, and I don't have to put them out. And I get pictures. Absolutely. They bring them back in their camera. So it's... You know, here's the thing, like with anything, and it goes back to signs or answering calls, nobody's going to do as good of a job as you would do or as I would do. <laughs> That's right. Um, I'm, I'm real good on the phone with, with people who call in, but at the end of the day, God, I, can't, I just can't do it. Um, I, that's not true. I can, but there's, you know, there's other things in my business that I, that I need to be doing. So I'm willing to you know, have, have an, pay an answering service, and maybe they do a less, lesser of a job, but at 11 o'clock when the call comes in, I know it's getting answered. Same thing for the signs. You know, are they perfect? Do I grip my teeth when I drive around sometimes because they're 15 feet back from the intersection instead of right up on it? Uh, sure, but, <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, you know, I've got a pretty good group right now. Um, they bring me back pictures, so I know the signs are going out. And here's something I'll give you guys a, a tip. What I do, if, if there's anybody that does a lot of signs, <clears throat> we, now I buy, for the most part, pre-printed signs. But what I'll do is I'll take a colored marker, and I'll maybe underline what my zip code is, or zip code, area code. And uh, everybody gets a different color. So this week, you know, maybe the girl gets red, the guy gets green, and the other one gets black. So when they bring me back pictures, I know they're bringing me back pictures of their signs. So oh, good move. Yeah. And really, that came out of when I was doing signs myself a couple of years ago. I, I, it started as I wanted to be able to tell how long my signs were staying up. You know, certain areas will stay up longer than others. Um, so I could say, hey, great, you know, orange has been up for, you know, that was three weeks ago. You know, good. They're they're staying up in this area for a long, long time. When we started to paint, put it out, we we kept doing that. And you know, now I know when she brings me her her little camera with her card, and I throw it in the computer. You know, it better all be red. You know, if it's red and there's like twelve purples, I'm like, hmm. You know, I think taking pictures of somebody else's signs here. Have you, you know uh, one yeah. thing? One thing you could too too could do also. Um, most smartphones today have location features in them, so when you take a picture. Um, you can tell where the picture was taken from by GPS. And, um, I've heard that. Yeah. I just, I'm looking at right now on my iPhone, I'm looking at my photo album, and there's a place you can go to places, and it shows you by little pins where all the pictures were taken from. So if you click one of the pins, really? it shows you, okay, there's eight photos that were taken in this location, and you can go in there and look at that. It's absolutely amazing. And I think... Wow. Uh, if, so if you have an iPhone or an Android, go to your um, your photo album and, and try to see if there's a place. There may be some settings you have to turn on to turn on your locations. Yeah. But, That's um, pretty neat. Yeah, so Where are you getting your bandit signs from? Because if you're doing such volume like uh, like you are, where... where I get mine from dirt cheap signs. Um, ah, Okay. From back in my days of, of of doing quotes and stuff for for and buying for big companies, I just you know shop the heck out of stuff. And uh, when I first started, I called every single company that had that I found when I googled band signs. I mean, there are probably fifteen or twenty big name companies. And I, I found for me, they've got great service. They ship quick. You know, they'll they'll keep changing the proof until it's exactly what I want. And uh, 
you know, that's, that's, yeah, they've, they've done a great job for me. In fact, I just got... What do you pay per sign? Um, I tell you, I'll tell you, here's what I do, and I hope everybody doesn't call it dirt cheap, but it, whoever your sign company is, um, so I only print one side because we, we put a lot up on telephone poles, so I'll use misprints. So I got full-size, what are the 18 by 24 misprints at 94 cents, which is... Not bad. $1.50. Yeah, so it's, it's good. Here in Chattanooga, there's a couple guys that run around tree guys roof guys they'll steal your signs and, and write on the back so um, I, was having to use a marker and, <laughs> I was having to use a marker when they come in anyways and kind of put a squiggle all along the back so that uh, so they didn't steal them so i'm thrilled to death to, to buy that kind of stuff but about a dollar fifty for a full size you know just printed on one side and like 80 cents something like that 80 84 cents for the half signs and i generally use um for the ones that you know i have my you know, the people putting out on, uh, you know, on Friday nights, we put out a 9 by 24, you know, cash for houses, black print on the yellow sign, phone number. Keep it very, very simple, you know, nothing nothing complicated. It's not lumpy the dog buys houses or anything. It's Is that you know, handwritten um, font or just standard? No, um, I do some handwritten on the big ones. I just did a We Buy Houses um, red print on white signs. That's, that's a handwritten font. Um, but what I found is sometimes that handwritten font, if you got somebody like me that's when I'm nearsighted, so I have a hard time seeing far away, you know, it's not bold, not always bold enough. So, yeah, um, you know, I've, I've done the, uh, those, yeah, you know, I do with just a, just a block font, just some big and bold that'll, that'll stand out as, as best we can. Um, but I still do a lot of handwritten signs when we have a property to sell, you know, investor property for sale, you know. Have you ever um, experimented with vanity numbers? And for those listening, a vanity number is like a 1-800-SELL-NOW. Um, that would be a vanity yeah. number. I did, and it was a complete disaster. <laughs> what number was it? <laughs> it was uh, uh, CASH, 423-299-CASH. Really? That was a bad one? I would think that would be great. Tell me why. Well, because at the time I had a BlackBerry. And, um, you know, when, when blackberries were really, really big about two, three years ago, and, and there's no way to dial. Well, there is a way, but I had that my Yeah, you have to me. figure it out, yeah. You know, the, the problem is, how do you dial? How do you dial that? And a lot of people don't, they don't know. Uh, you know, on the old flip phone, you know, it's easy. It's very simple. But um, my response rate dropped like a rock. And I'm like, I thought I was so clever. 299 cash, that's going to be that's great. That's awesome, yeah. It was, it was horrible response rate. So what we do now, same idea, is all of my numbers, my last four digits are repeating. Like right now, I have, please, everybody don't call me because my phone rings enough as it is, but, you know, 475-7777. That's my call nice. for buyers. For sellers, I've got 8888, and I've got a 3333 number. Where did so, you get you know, we numbers take, from? Oh, those are Magic Jacks. Those Magic Jack numbers. Um, oh. You know, you pay, I don't know, what is it, 20 25 30 bucks, whatever it is to buy it. And then it's an extra ten or twenty dollars to to customize it and pick your own number. Um, so and the repeaters got, and stuff like that are available very often, or yeah, we we bought ours when uh, when Magic Jack first allowed you to do that a couple of years back. But oh, we were able to get that three that three 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 number. I don't know four or five months ago, and we're going to buy another one this week. We're going to go on and look and find. Uh, another number because we like to change up the numbers and the signs a little bit because again when you do this many signs you don't want any entanglements with the sign people so Absolutely. it's nice it looks like it's somebody different you know hammering up signs so, you know one so good we'll all... one good uh, website to look at is Vumber 
with the letter V for virtual, vumber.com, because you can buy an unlimited number of virtual phone numbers, and it's only about $5 a month, and you can set it up where it goes to voicemail or it redirects to another phone number. Yeah. Uh, and also, when you call, if you want to call somebody from your Vumber, it looks on their caller ID like it's coming from that number. Um, like a Google Voice thing. Yeah, but it, Google Voice will only let you have one number. This will let you have unlimited. Um, so you could do many different markets, many different signs. Uh, you know, instead of getting extensions, you could have different phone numbers to test your different marketing. But we got to wrap it up, David. I'm sorry, we got to wrap it up. We're, we're coming down to the end of our interview. I, we've covered so much good information. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I was thinking as we were going through this, there's probably people um, listening to this in markets like California, uh, New York, some expensive markets who were really attracted to the numbers you were talking about and the deals that you were finding in Tennessee. And I bet you you probably have a bunch of really good cash-flowing properties that investors can buy. Um, and, and you'd probably be a good person to talk to if they're looking to buy some investment properties in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Is there a good way to reach you? Is, do you have a website? Yeah, or? yeah, if you want, I'll give out my email address, and it, it, people can contact me direct. And, and I'll tell you what I'll do. You guys have been nice enough to help me out here. It's something I had given away, a, a marketing plan that we use for, uh, for each one of our properties. So Great. If, if, well, that's another thing we haven't even talked about is when you advertise houses, you put like five or six signs in the yard, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no confusion when you drive by drive by one of our houses that it's for sale. And we've sold properties just from having a banner on the front. Um, we we picked up a property. I know we got to go, so we'll have to talk more another time. We we were just out front cutting the grass, cleaning it up a little bit, threw a banner up. You know, investment property must sell today or something. And uh, I happened to be driving by, called us, and and we contracted the property that day. So awesome. um, yeah, there's. You know, as long as you gotta be a little careful. If the seller lives across the street, you may not want to do that. But uh, <laughs> if you've got a seller that's you know on the other side of town and doesn't drive over there, you know, absolutely go ahead and and sign the heck out of it because you know you want to you want to play every every single ace that you've got to get these things sold because you know speed counts are on the clock once that contract is uh, signed. But uh, but yeah, my my email address is is pretty easy. It's d o l d S dot C H D at gmail dot com. Send that to me just with podcast in the in the subject and, and I'll be happy to shoot you guys over a can, marketing plan. Can you give and, that uh, one more time, David? Sure, I'll give it real slow. D is in David, O is in Oscar, L is in Lima, D is in David, S is in Sierra dot C H B, which stands for Chattanooga House Buyers at Gmail dot com. Uh, yeah, I'll be happy to shoot that over to you and if anybody wants to inquire about Chattanooga property. We do a lot of selling to uh, out-of-town buyers, you know, uh, yeah. from New England. I have a bunch of buyers in California. I was emailing with a guy from South Africa this morning. So, uh, yeah, we, we definitely sell, uh, you know, to a lot of out-of-town buyers. Well, send me, that, uh, send me that marketing plan, David, uh, through Facebook okay. or whatever, and we'll put it on our page, too. That would be, that'd be really nice. I appreciate that. Hey, not a problem, guys. I, I certainly appreciate you having me on. It was a lot less painful than I was thinking it was going to <laughs> <laughs> you guys awesome. are really doing a good thing here with with the podcast and, and Alex with the Facebook page. If anybody who hasn't seen that, really, I'd encourage them to, to go check that out because there's a ton of good info there. Well, thank you, David, so much for coming. And I'm sorry to cut this short. We could have talked for another hour. Um, but again, guys, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com 
and you can get uh, David's email. We'll have that marketing plan up there. Uh, you get to listen to this episode, and I'm going to um, start transcribing these episodes. What do you think of that, Alex? I think that is a smoking idea. Yes. <laughs> and if you uh, you can only get the transcriptions if you go to uh, our website and put in your name and email in there. You can get the transcriptions of these podcasts. So, um, hey, thanks again, David. Thanks, Alex. We got to get going. Um, so we'll talk soon. Take right, care. Thanks so much. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.